Welcome to the Mind Your Body podcast. My name is Jenny Helms, and I'm an emotional eating coach and marriage and family therapist. I help people address the roots of their disordered eating and body image issues. I'm Lisa Perkins, owner of Primal Transformations. I'm a certified personal trainer and precision nutrition coach. I use a paleo framework to help clients transform their health, body, and life. The Mind Your Body podcast is all about empowering you to live your best life. We aim to grow a community of empowered women who are ready to transform their health and lives using a real approach that is all about getting back in touch with ourselves and not fueled by self-loathing. This journey requires a healthy dose of humor, perspective, and self-compassion. Our goal for this podcast is to help you achieve sustainable results that you get to keep. Please remember, the following podcast is not intended to be a substitute or implied to be medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult with your healthcare provider when making changes to your diet and lifestyle. Welcome to the show. This is a Mind Your Body podcast, episode number 19, Doing the Work, part two. So I did say part two in that, and what that means is that you should probably go to part one if you haven't already listened to it. And if you have, then awesome. You can definitely continue forward, but we just wanted to let people know that in part one, we did already cover, you know, setting realistic and compelling goals, identifying the specific actions necessary to achieve those goals, and then creating an empowered mindset in order to consistently do the work. And all of those parts are really important to have kind of already covered in your brain before going into what we're talking about now. Yeah. So, you know, what we're talking about in this podcast series is how to translate knowledge into consistent action, how to get out of your own way to begin, you know, working towards your goals or this vision of how you want your life to be. Because, you know, as we'll talk about later in this episode, it's never linear. We think, oh gosh, well, here's step one, two, and three. Why am I not doing it? It's simple on paper, right? right? And so doing the work is about getting into the trenches of what might be holding you back and what are some key steps to help you move forward and build confidence. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, and if you are able to do the work just by tackling the things in part one, then that's great. I think sometimes if it's just those more surface level things, Good point. those are important to cover, but that's awesome. However, for a lot of us, myself included, Typically, if I'm doing something and it's not working, it has a lot more to do with some of the things going on beneath the surface. And so we're going to be talking a lot about, we're going to start digging into that today. Absolutely. And, you know, just to be transparent, this is the real stuff that Jenny and I talk about all the time between two entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. We have our own self-limiting beliefs and stories about ourselves that we are consistently trying to unpack and reframe and move past, but it's never one and done. So we're in the trenches with everyone else. And what we're talking about today really does apply, not just to health and fitness goals, but to anything that you want to achieve in your life that you've maybe thought that you couldn't achieve or that you weren't good enough to have, or that's all great for somebody else, right? So this translates to everywhere in your life. Yeah, it definitely does. And, you know, at first what we're going to unpack is maybe some of the limiting beliefs that you've held or like uh, maybe you hold right now that 
um, you haven't considered. And these are some of the beliefs that not only we've struggled with, but we've heard from clients. Um, and so we compiled a list of different beliefs that we heard time and time again. And we want to offer that to you to kind of say, okay, is this possibly one of mine or does this resonate? Cause some of these, like, even as we were going through them, I'm mm-hmm. like, yep. Yeah. I've thought that thought before. Absolutely. And these sound so true. They do. In our brains, right? And we're going to talk about how we kind of dislodge them and reframe them and move past them. But in the beginning, it can seem impossible, you know, that they're not true. So, So let's talk about some of the ones that we hear. Let's talk about these lies that we tell ourselves. Right, right. Exactly. (laughs) Um, So one of the first ones is, I'm just messed up. Like, there's something wrong with me. I'm broken. Mm -hmm. There's something inherently bad about me Mm -hmm. as a person, as a human race. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's a big one. That's probably the most, uh, I don't, that one has the most to unpack, Mm -hmm. I would say, because I think, you know, you and I were talking before this that I've realized that I've carried some of that subconsciously throughout my life that... Mm. You know, somehow there was something uniquely off about me that I couldn't achieve goals or something like that, you know, for a long time. And, you know, that's, that was really shameful Mm -hmm. and isolating. Yeah. Feeling like I had something uniquely wrong with me. Uniquely. That's that's the key. Right. And so, and again, I do encounter that now with so many clients that feel the same way. And it's such a relief when you realize that you're not alone, mm-hmm. that we're getting out in the open and talking about these things and realizing, oh my gosh, we can start letting this stuff go. Yes. Well, the, real. the funny part, of, well, I don't know if this is funny, but um, the nature of how that works is when we feel like something is uniquely wrong with mm-hmm. us, it feeds us not talking about it with people. Oh, that makes sense. And so, it, yeah, and it just feeds that shame even more. But when I when I talk to my clients, like, I almost wish I could form a club because they're all feeling uniquely broken. Same, same here. <laughs> same so with I'm my like, clients. I'm exactly, like, yes. you have to join the pool of people that feel right. uniquely broken. And yes. it's kind of like, um, it kind of challenges that belief right there because they're like, dang it, I'm, I guess yeah. I'm not so unique after all. Right. And so, you know, you mentioned that there may be some folks who part one of this series, that was enough for them to move forward. And I'm sure that there are those Mm -hmm. folks, probably not our target audience. Yeah. And I would argue that it's not most people. It's not most people. Most of us have limiting beliefs that we're not even aware of. And that, because they sound like facts Mm -hmm. in our brain. So that's why we're going to talk about some of these examples because just because we think them, that does not make them true or factual. Right. Right. We are not our thoughts. We aren't. That's the reality. So, so let's kind of, I'll, I'll kind of do a few of these and maybe I won't unpack a lot of them, but these might resonate with you folks who are listening. So again, I'm broken. I'm the exception to the rule. Like this may work for most people, but this won't work for me. Mm-hmm. My metabolism is broken. This runs in my family. So there's nothing I can do about it. I always screw things up. All the people around me are high performers and I'm the black sheep or the underachiever of the family. I know that's one that I've definitely felt. So mm-hmm. what are some more, Jenny? Yeah, um, that I don't have anything special about me, except, except for maybe the fact that I'm uniquely broken, right? Which right, I like to, like, right. Point out to people. Yeah, you're bad, Javon. Um, nothing has worked for me. 
what used to work for me doesn't work for me anymore. Um, I've heard a That's lot of a that one. with, especially, yeah, with mm-hmm. my, some of my older clients saying, well, mm-hmm. I used to do this and now it's yeah. not working any longer. Yep. So I'm broken now. So maybe even that time element. Sure. Of it. Good point. Um, I'm too emotional for my family or I'm oversensitive, you know, especially if you grew up in a family where emotions were shamed or just not really even talked about mm-hmm. or, you know, all the different ways that they might have been squashed or just right. not even and, a thing. And, you know, you may be wondering, why are we talking about emotions? How could that factor into the Mind Your Body podcast? Mm-hmm. Well, if you were told over and over, as I was, so I feel like I can speak yeah. to this one, that I was told, you know, constantly that I was oversensitive. So guess what? I didn't value my own feelings. Mm-hmm. If nobody else is validating or valuing my feelings gosh, I think feelings are stupid. Yeah. And so I'm going to repress those. When I start to have a feeling, I'm going to judge myself for it, that I'm weak yep. and oversensitive. So that's why yeah. we're bringing that up. Because if you're not feeling your feelings and you're repressing them, you're going to repress out a lot of other things. Yeah. And for me, that manifested in using food to numb mm-hmm. those feelings that yes. I'm trying to repress. And, you know... Not shockingly, Doritos were not the cure for my emotional needs. Were they as, not? As weird as that sounds. Yep. Yep. Well, and I want to take it to like, you know, it works on both ends where I see that with people who numb food mm. or numb their emotions with food, but also for even in my own journey, I numbed my emotions with not, with restricting. And so that was another mm, way so that people can really try to reject their emotions. And I've done in a that way. as well. Right. To so yeah. just try to control food on either end. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up because I think sometimes for people, they're like, yeah, how does that, how do you connect the dots yeah. there? Um, which fault leads into the next one. I'm just an emotional eater. Like, that's your identity. Mm-hmm. Um, or that that's somehow unique or odd or bad. Because yeah. we're all emotional eaters. Yes. Because we're human. We all have, yeah, we all have emotion with what we eat. And it's, right. it's only when it's taken to that extreme where every emotion is met with food that... That you're not meeting maybe, your other emotions. Yeah, it's maybe something to look at and see, okay, what is, what's going on with my relationship with food? Um, you know, I'm disgusting. I'm gross. I'm, you know, mm-hmm. just this icky thing. Yeah. I've heard a lot of that too. And even seen the kind of space as they grab themselves or they just talk about, you know, when they do open up about, you know, them themselves. I mean, oftentimes people are like, I'm just a terrible, creepy, disgusting person. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, you're really like human, you know, but Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people, I don't know, they can really identify with that belief. Yeah. Yeah, I've been there for sure. Yeah. What are some other ones? So the next one would be thinking, okay, this is just a habit. So that implies I'm powerless to change it. Like, this is just what I do. This is just my habit. Yes. Right. I hear that one a lot. So can't mm-hmm. help it. Yep. So the other one is I'm addicted to sugar, which becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And again, that sounds like a fact, which implies that there's nothing that you can do about it, that you have, that you're powerless. Yes. So in the, so in the last example that we have is this is just how I am, mm-hmm. you know? So again, that's not, that's not being in an empowered state, right? Right. right. That's being completely stuck. 
right? right. And your brain, even with those words, identifying with that, right? Absolutely. Like, this is really exactly who I am. Right. Is it being something I'm struggling with, right. something I did in that hour? No, <laughs> you, know? you know, we want to talk a little, we're just going to touch today on where these stories come from. But I think that it is so important to, you know, talk about this because we think that we invented these things Mm -hmm. and that it implies that, excuse me, that we are weak or that we don't have willpower or that, you know, again, we're flawed in our character or something. So I think it is important to have just kind of a basic understanding where, what the genesis of these, you know, stories and beliefs are because Mm -hmm. it's, you didn't invent them. Right. I didn't invent them. You I know? didn't either. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, so the the first, I mean, it's funny because, yes, I'm a marriage and family therapist, so, of course, I'm thinking about families and parents and stuff, and I'm always cautious to say, like, we have to think about things in the context of our family and parents, but to also realize we can't just, like, point the finger at them. However, when it comes to our beliefs and, like, some of the tools and the ways that we view the world, um, you know, growing up as a kiddo, a lot of that does come from our parents and our family. And so, you know, the things that they say and sometimes the things they don't say are very powerful to us. And to remember that when we're interpreting these beliefs as children, we're doing that with a child brain. We're Mm -hmm. not doing that with an adult brain that can like separate, you know, hey, maybe dad had a bad day when he kicked the dog. We just see dad coming home being mad, kicking the dog and thinking, you know, just making up something wrong. Yeah. Making up a Mm -hmm. belief about that, especially when you internalize a lot of things as a kiddo. And so some of these beliefs we make with that child brain Mm -hmm. and we kind of, again, they become these like core beliefs that stick Mm -hmm. with us throughout life. But again, we made it as an eight year old. Right. Right. And, and also, I guess as an extension of that within the kind of family unit, but also our early Uh, school experiences, so Mm -hmm. both kind of other adults in our life, especially as girls. And we've talked about this before. Even now in 2018, we're talking to girls about their hair and their clothes and how cute they are and look what a pretty ballerina, princess fairy, whatever Mm -hmm. you are. Rather, you know, and the way we talk to boys is look at that amazing tower, you know, look at that fort that you built. We're talking about their accomplishments and how hard they're trying and that kind of thing. And so that, I know that shaped me as a child, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm getting validation and kind of social acceptance when I'm looking the way that maybe society thinks a cute little girl should look. But mm-hmm. then when I gain weight or don't dress a certain way, I'm not getting that. Well, I'll tell you the things that are said and not said we know what's do. being, you know, implied. Yes. And or we read between the lines, right? That's it. And that's it's, it. Yeah. And I definitely have seen that in a lot of my clients where their self-worth is wrapped into how they look based on a lot of different stories that were created in middle school and elementary school mm-hmm. around how things people did say. And then what you said, like how they didn't, how mm-hmm. all of a sudden people weren't giving them certain compliments or friending them or what they perceived was their looks. Right, exactly. So 
And it may or may not have had anything to do with that. You know, we know that we live in a relatively superficial society, so it could be a piece of it, but it might not. But that is how those young brains probably interpret it. Right. Well, and to bring that in, the social media impact of things, yes. right? Because what what happened, I'll just talk about like briefly one client of mine. Um, she She saw things on TV and she associated like, okay, beautiful, you have friends, life is good, you're happy not beautiful or whatever societal terms are beautiful or, mm-hmm. you know, having extra weight on you means you don't have friends, you're not happy or this. Right. And so when she struggled with her weight, she actually would, it was like the way she was interacting with the world oh, shifted yeah. because of that belief that if I put on weight, then I'm not happy, then I won't have friends. Right. And so she was already kind of creating that well, dialogue. Well, we reject other people yeah. before they can reject us. Yes. Right. We're going to pull back from social interactions when we don't feel like we're showing up the way we should. And one of the things that you've taught me that I thought was so powerful, and I want to make sure you share that with our listeners, is that our human brain wants, it needs to make meaning, mm-hmm. right? Even yep. if the meaning is false. So yep. can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So our human brain likes to organize information and when it has a question mark or doesn't know where to put something, it feels really uncomfortable. It feels like it's just something our brain it's really, uncertain. it's uncertain, right? And we really don't like uncertainty as a culture and slash as humans. Mm-hmm. And so oftentimes if we are uncertain, we will just prescribe whatever meaning we can to okay. something. And so if you already have a core belief about yourself, you better believe that you will prescribe a meaning that mm-hmm. is going to go through that filter first, right. that I'm not worthy because of my looks or mm-hmm. I am this way. And so you're going to be collecting evidence in your environment that mm-hmm. only reinforces that belief right. and making meaning from that belief, even though you know maybe that person didn't talk to you because they were having a bad day or they mm-hmm. were running late to something right. or you know you just never know that's where you know for those of you that have not read the very short book called the four agreements and you can I mean, it is just so powerful. There are PDFs available for free online if you just Google the four agreements. But one of them that's so powerful is it's never about you. Mm. What other people do, say, think, Mm -hmm. it's about their narrative, their framework, their core values and beliefs, right? It's almost never about us. But as you said, the way our brains work is we're going to make a meaning. If somebody didn't say hi to us, we're going to interpret that as they don't like us, or maybe I don't look the way that I they think I should look, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, we immediately go to the worst case scenario. Oh, yeah. You know, so, you know, we need to think about that in our actual lives, but especially in the context of social media. So I'm going to mirror uh, you and share a little bit about a client who was, she was talking about her Instagram feed that was filled with bloggers that are living a more natural life, but it was so intimidating, you know, and the example that she gave me is the woman who looked, you know, so beautiful and ethereal standing out in her field of flowers with a basket of farm fresh eggs. Wait, you don't do that every morning. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I do wake up pretty ethereal. I think my husband would describe me. Hashtag flawless. Pretty much. Pretty much. Actually, he, yeah, I could describe how, yeah, he basically said the other day that I look like a vagrant the way I woke up. So no, I don't wake up that way. But here's, here's what I said to her. And 
that I, I use this strategy for myself. If anything in my social media feed, Instagram, wherever is makes me feel worse after looking at it, even if it's something that's supposed to be inspiring, right? It, I'm going to either unfollow snooze for 30 days if it's triggering to me or shaming or makes me feel more isolated or less than, guess what? That's not a healthy resource. No. I am I curate my social media to surround myself with people who are living authentic, confident, kick-ass lives, mm-hmm. right? That are being, you know, really trying to be the best version of themselves and focusing less on what they think other people are going to think about that. Right, and this could be fitness bloggers or business, whatever, friends, whatever it is. You know, if it drags you down and makes you feel like you're reinforces the self limiting beliefs that you know I'm disgusting or you know there's nothing special about me, mm-hmm. that's not helpful. No, it's not. And I think that we have to be, we have to be cautious with what we expose ourselves to we do. because it does impact us. Even though we think we're smarter than that, it does impact us. The, the more level. primal parts of our brain are not getting that conscious brain's filter, right? Right. They're being triggered in ways that we can't really manage. Mm-hmm. So not filling your house full of shape magazine or whatever, whatever it is it that is. feels triggering for yeah. you, just because you think a fitness blog should be inspirational to you. And you think, well, I need to be shamed into motivating myself. No, you don't. Nope. <laughs> That's not That's how it works. Keyword shamed right there. <laughs> yeah, but we have to yeah. recognize what's happening. I don't it's think true. we label that correctly. You're right. You're right. Right? I don't think we do. Yeah. So, it's very true. so notice that. And, you know, again, the stories and self limiting beliefs probably don't come from social media, but they are reinforced. Yes. Many times. And let's stop doing that. Yes. Yep. Yeah. You put it beautifully. They are reinforced. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so. And just touching, yeah, touching yeah. briefly on the yeah. advertising piece is that our culture is kind of set up to sell us things. And typically it's based on, Hey, is this like, does this sell based on its sexuality appeal or youthfulness? Like mm-hmm. advertising is built to make us feel crummy about ourselves because happy people don't buy things. Right. And so, or that we're missing something, right? Like, right. there's that's something the wrong with you. That's the whole yeah, point of you it. Don't if you're smell missing good, something you're if you don't have yeah. our product. Yeah. I remember the first time I saw some of those little Bior, like pore cleansing strips, mm-hmm. I had literally never thought about my pores to that point. And then wow. I'm like, oh my gosh, like, holy- wonder if I need to be thinking about my pores. <laughs> <laughs> I have thought about that before. That's you know, so it funny. does. It triggers that. That's a good that. point. I you never know? thought it's about like, my pores either until some acne cleansers and like yeah. some stuff where I like looked and I was like, I got closer to the mirror and I'm like, holy cow, yeah. I, yeah. Have, I have pores. I just didn't even really, you're right. That's yeah. so funny. I think we all do. I, I have think, a feeling that well, we all do. Like we have, we have skin cells yep. and other things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of funny. I bought my daughter a little mirror to sit on her desk in her room so she could, you know, put on her mascara or whatever. But if you flip that thing over, it's one of those magnifying mirrors. No one needs that much no. information. No. I was terrifying. I acc- I turned this thing over not knowing. And I was like, it, it's like when you accidentally flip your camera 
around and like you're in the super double chin <laughs> scary place. That's where I was, except magnified 10 power. <laughs> right? Okay. Yeah, I feel like that's just like punishment to yourself to look in one of those mirrors. Because no. there's there's nothing good that can come of it. No one looks good in those mirrors, period. No, like, we don't need doesn't. that much kind of navel gazing on our flaws. We don't, we don't need, need to see our bacteria. <laughs> like actual, we don't need to see like the cells. Like, right. <laughs> yeah. This is not a science project, but, but again, like let's stop doing this stuff to ourselves. Like yeah. the stuff that we were handed on a silver platter, let's try to unpack that, but let's not keep perpetuating the stuff and digging a deeper hole. Yeah. That's a good place to start. I think is, you know, what, what do they say? Like, I, I can't even remember the quote that like, you know, when you're in a hole, stop digging. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, kind of how I, saying. yeah, how I like to think about it. So, so now we're going to get to action items. So we kind of talked a little bit about where these can come from and it really can, as we alluded to at the beginning, it can seem impossible to move past these long held beliefs that sound like 100% fact in our brain, mm-hmm. right? They've been there so long, we don't even really notice. It's, you know, like that pile of laundry that's been sitting on the couch for so long, you don't even see it anymore. Mm-hmm. You don't really you notice, yep. you know, but we want to tell you that it absolutely is possible. And that's, we've done it, do it with clients mm-hmm. and we're doing it with ourselves. It's yeah. not one and done. Yeah, we're still and we're still doing it. I guess we're still doing it. We're still in this process. So, so we have three steps that we want to talk about today. So, you want to launch into step one? Yeah. So, step one, we're gonna try to reframe those thoughts. Right. Once we know that they exist, right, we have to know they exist first before we do anything. But then we're going to reframe them. And so, when you hear negative voices in your head shaming you or saying that you're just gonna fail again. Just pause and ask yourself, you know, is this from the four agreements? I just want to verify. No? Okay. No. It almost sounds like some of this the things that they asked. But this honestly, is, this is kind of my own. No, I love it. Yeah. yeah so this is credit to Lisa. Um, the first one is, is this true? Is this thought true? And I, I just want to unpack that just a little bit mm-hmm. because when I work with my clients, um, and I tell them to challenge their thoughts. I think they initially think that I want them to go from thinking I'm a fat, horrible person to like, I'm amazing and a superstar mm. and rule the world. And I'm like, you know, I'm not, tr- I'm not trying to get you to lie to yourself. No, I'm no, not no. trying to get you to like the opposite side. I just want you to give me a thought that is a little bit more true. And then I, I even from that thought, I'll be like, just a little bit more true. Mm. And so, and that is so helpful for them to mm-hmm. kind of inch into it where it's yeah. like, you know, maybe so like, for instance, if they're like, I am fat, right? I'm mm-hmm. like, mm, you know, I am like, am, I am feeling fat right now. Cause especially oh, like that will good. come on after like they eat something that they say sure. is bad or whatever. It's like, okay, I am feeling fat right now. Like that's just a little bit more true I like than that. their statement. I like that. You know, or, you know, I even added the right now. Sometimes I don't add that yet. I'm like, I am feeling fat this hour, right? Mm. Adding that time component. So mm-hmm. what, what I really want people to do is just add a little bit more truth to that thought, not change it from like, I am this to the complete opposite. No, I agree with that. Just get back into reality a little bit. Yes. And what we're trying to do here is, you know, as we said before, we are not our thoughts. So what we're doing here by asking and, you know, if, if I can't ask myself, is that true? If that feels too hard in the moment, Mm -hmm. I step back a little bit and say, is 
is this kind? I'm not even going to ask if it's true. Is it kind and is it helpful? Yes. Right? Because that can be like, okay, whether it's true or not is irrelevant in this moment, Mm -hmm. but it's not kind and it's not helpful and it's not something I would say to either of my daughters or to a friend. Right. It's not going to help me. But, But to go back to your point as far as, you know, what we're trying to do is provide some sunlight. Yeah. Between our thoughts and ourselves and to get some objectivity, mm-hmm. right? Get a little distance so that we can calm down a little bit and view that kind of from a distance again, as if it were someone else almost. Right. And sometimes that's the easiest way to frame it is would mm-hmm. I say this to a friend, you right. know, um, you know, the other piece of, is that kind or is that helpful is to think, you know, is believing this thought, is mm-hmm. that actually helping me get more in alignment with my, what, where I want to go? Or is it actually causing me to go to a place where I do things that are out of alignment with where I want to go? Which is what shame does. Right, exactly. And so it's like, you know, all these shame thoughts, typically people, they know they're like, oh, when I go into shame, then I isolate and I do X, Y, or Z. And they're typically really that's Cheetos punishing, under the covers. Well, punishing things yeah, and just hard on sure. themselves. And it doesn't get them anywhere closer to where they want to be. And honestly, what I feel is their true self. I agree. So I'm just, I, I always ask them that too. Cause I'm like, you know, I like, I like that point. Like, cause sometimes we can't even get a little bit of that objectivity about how true it is. And so mm-hmm. if we can't do that yeah. to go to the next step and yeah. to say, is this helpful? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, just in my own life, I mean, this, I have to use this all the time because I can get into a place of feeling, you know, have that imposter syndrome with my business. And Mm -hmm. well, why are you doing this video? Nobody cares what you have to say. You're not saying this in any unique way or something really toxic and negative, you know, that kind of negative shame committee in my head. And so in that moment, that's where I tried to just question that a little bit, get some daylight in there and say, is that true? You know, come on, if I'm being honest, I am able to, yeah, I I can't help everybody, but my message has been helpful Mm -hmm. for some people. And second of all, this is my reparenting moment for myself is to say, again, as if I were my daughter, is that kind? Mm -hmm. No, I'm trying my best to get on my own team. Mm-hmm. You know, for the first time in my life in the past several years, you know, I've been in this, you know, self-loathing shame as a motivator cycle for most of my life. And is it helpful? Does this motivate me to, you know, keep going, having the shaming thought Yeah. that nobody wants to hear what you have to say? Is that helpful? Yeah. Well, no, because <laughs> what that makes me want to do is just go watch Netflix. Mm-hmm. You know, and just avoid my life. And then that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. So for me, the next really helpful question, again, I'm really thinking tactically for what works for me. And then I'm curious about, you know, your, you know, bigger picture perspective. But I ask myself, you know, what's one small thing I can do right now, you know, to move forward? Yeah. And show myself I can make progress. It doesn't have to be a big thing and shouldn't be a big thing. Mm-hmm. You know, but just to not go into inertia. Mm-hmm. What's one small thing I can do? Can I go write a Facebook post? Can I, whatever, respond to a client mm-hmm. and get some feedback? And it takes me out of that place of yuck. Yeah. 
Which is not a technical term, but that's how it feels. That's exactly how it feels. <laughs> so do you, I mean, yeah. do you want to flesh that out a little bit or does Absolutely. that make sense? No, and I think even just getting into a place where I'm like, for me, I know it can help, you know, getting out of my yuck is just kind of being able to think, to challenge those thoughts. And sometimes even just like going and doing some small thing that is moving that momentum and or reaching out to somebody mm-hmm. in that moment. Because again, I think my, my default personally is to shame and to watch Netflix or to just kind of go into my own world. Mm-hmm. And so when I reach out to somebody, even for just a little bit, that That's kind of sometimes so can just get me right Break into a different, cycle. yeah, right into a different mode where I'm like, all right, I can tackle this thing. It feels like, okay, I can tackle this thing now. Yeah. That felt and that goes back to what we talk about with vulnerability, being able to reach out to other people, even if you're not talking about this thing, thing, but being able to, in those moments where you're not feeling at the top of your game, still in those moments, being able to connect Mm -hmm. with other people. And I, you know, the key point here is that we need to choose the words that we say to ourselves and about ourselves to other people very, very carefully, because Mm -hmm. the words that we use other parts of our brain are listening. Yes. Right? Those more kind of primal parts of our brain are listening. So we think we're just describing past behavior, but we're really prescribing future behavior. Such a good point. Right? By saying, I'm addicted to sugar, or this is just a habit. You're literally prescribing how your future is going to go. And again, as you said, and I think that is so powerful, that we're not snowballing ourselves by saying, no, I'm, you know, an expert in this and everyone wants to hear what I have to say. No, I'm not saying that, but I am reframing it to say, you know, there are some people that have benefited from my message Mm -hmm. and, you know, I just need to keep moving forward and really not making it about me, but making it about the people who can benefit and share this journey with us. Yeah. You know, it's not about lying to ourselves or having these, you know, rainbow filled affirmations that sound like BS to our brain. Yeah. But it's right? also about not doing the opposite, which I think people exactly. do. We need a word for that. Whatever it is where people will like totally, I guess maybe catastrophize things, right? That's perfect. Where we're just like, I'm going to yeah. make everything sound like the opposite of rainbows of, of right. how I feel about right. myself. But yeah, I mean, there's even a field, I think it's neurolinguistics is a mm-hmm. field where it's, it's all about how we talk about ourselves and how that actually impacts our mm-hmm. psychology. So yeah, it's important just to consider that. Yeah. And I, I want to validate that because I know when I'm able to just shift this slightly, I get into a place of calm. Like my prefrontal cortex, my thinking brain comes back online. Mm-hmm. You know, powerful. it is powerful and I'm able to kind of, okay, I'm going to just take one piece of action here and I'm not going to sit here in my drama, you know, sad puddle, you know, because that doesn't make me feel good. I know that that does not help with anything, Mm -hmm. you know, and it just undermines my confidence that I can accomplish anything. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so yeah, taking action. So, so how do you reframe? Right. So I, I had one example here. So if you said to yourself, well, I've already screwed up today, so forget it, whatever, you know, you could say, what's one good choice I could make in this next hour to make myself proud or to, you know, whatever. What's one good choice I could make? 
Yeah. What's next? What's what's now and what's next? Instead of focusing on mistakes or what you did in the past, it's like, no, eyes forward. And again, that puts you out of drama and back into kind of a calm place. It does. You know, not going to... a creative place, right? Where you can problem right. solve and think about all the different ways that you... I mean, where you can challenge that belief that you're total screw up, right? Because again, I hear people say, I am a screw up versus like... Okay, exactly. I made a mistake. I right. did one thing that was a mistake today, and that doesn't define well, me. Well, and you, and what that is is another example of getting sunlight and distance. It's mm-hmm. not me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just again. I always think of as a mom. I always think of with our kids. We don't say if our child's room is messy, you're a slob. Right. Or hopefully we're not saying that. (laughs) Or you're a mess. (laughs) Right. Or, you know, just some generalization about them as a person. Right. You know, we're going to say, you know, we need to start, we need to get some bins or you need to have a routine of, you Mm -hmm. know, picking things up. You know, we're going to take that, you know, moment for what it is. Mm Mm-hmm. Versus having them internalize or make a meaning about themselves in that moment. We wouldn't do it to anyone else and we do it to ourselves without even thinking. So true. And it's not, it's not empathetic. It's not a way we would treat other people and it doesn't make us better people. I do think that a lot of people think they have to hold on to shame or else they will just devolve into being, you know, slobs and never work out. Yep. I, I remember, I think I felt that belief too, that if I didn't, it was kind of along those lines where if I didn't have stress in my life or shame that I would feel, um, like, yeah, I wouldn't have, get all the things done or be mm-hmm. as productive and yeah. the opposite is true. Yeah. So moving to our next step, step number two, um, is just slowing things down, you know, choosing one to two things that you can commit to and being consistent about that, mm-hmm. you know, building up that that self-proof that you can get things done. Right. So again, this goes back to focusing on building new habits for the long-term, for creating results that you get to keep versus putting all your energy on the goal, which is overwhelming and you're already tired. Yeah. And overwhelmed thinking about it. So this is where we underwhelm ourselves, slow down, you know, and start you know, building these consistent habits that would be more uncomfortable not to do over time. You know, I, I posted a funny thing on Facebook yesterday where I, it was a picture of me at the gym and outside my car window, it's pouring down rain. And I said, you know, when it's your habit to go to the gym in the morning, but you wish your habit was to sit on the couch and drink coffee with your dog under a blanket. <laughs> Right. But you know, it's kind of funny, but the fact is it would have felt really uncomfortable for me not to go to the gym. Mm -hmm. And I'm, as I've said many times, I'm not always lighting the world on fire in the gym. Mm -hmm. You know, there are some days where I'm literally foam rolling Mm because I didn't sleep well, Mm -hmm. but it's my habit to go. Right. So that's what we're trying to create because willpower is finite. Right. Absolutely. And I think a lot of people hate being told to slow down. That's like the opposite of what they yeah. want to do when they embark mm-hmm. on things like this. But that is the only way I know to do this journey journey in a meaningful way. Yeah. No, it's, it, if we're just focusing on goals, that implies that there is an end point mm-hmm. that we're going to get to stop doing this. And right. you know, you hear people ask you all the time and me and some of my clients, when are you going to stop eating this way? Mm-hmm. When are you going to be done with this? Mm-hmm. 
right? And yeah. it's like, no, I've gone slowly enough that this is just intuitive how I eat and it and almost by accident it leads to a body I feel great in. Mm-hmm. You know? So that's what we're working towards and it's you're right, it's not what we're taught because you can't really sell somebody something. That's slow. Yeah. <laughs> nobody yeah, that doesn't, wants, that doesn't nobody sound that wants fun. to hear that. Yeah. 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 No, I so, totally get it. So the next piece of this is, you know, we're this is part of slowing down is in this process we're building trust, often for the first time with ourselves, that we will actually do what we told ourselves that we would do. So this is how motivation is created. It's this action feedback loop, and it's how we stay, you know keep our head in the game. But again, if you're trying to do all the things at once, then, you know, you're going to undermine trust because you're not going to be able to sustain it because that's, you know, that's too much friction. It so, is. so you talk about this one because this is, Yeah. You know, so we're, when we're doing this, we're focusing on building habits and kind of like how we are doing it versus the goal itself, right? right? I think people get so caught up in their goals that they forget that how they're doing it is really important. It's, um, the, broad, it's the habits. It's the habits, yeah. yeah. And focusing on habits means you're going to achieve your goal as a side effect. Mm-hmm. Um, so rather than requiring motivation and mm-hmm. willpower, which is a limited resource, mm-hmm. um, it's going to feel, like you said earlier, it's going to feel uncomfortable not to do that habit. It's mm-hmm. a part of like your life. Right. You enjoy that process, right? Mm-hmm. Or you build some joy into it, right? right. It's not like everything's going to be like sunshine and butterflies all the time. Right. But it's something that is in cor- like it's ingrained into your life. And let me be careful to say you can build whatever habits you want. We're not trying to build like super athlete physique models. No. Like there is no one size fits all approach to what you're trying to create. Right. You know, this is, you know, in my business, I'm trying to help people be healthy enough and just fit enough to live their best life without being obsessive and overly restrictive and living at the gym. Like that's no, it's at whatever pace or level that feels good to you, yeah. you know, that integrates with, with the things you. that matter right. in your life, right? With you living your best life yes. outside of the health sphere. Absolutely. So the next one is being really careful to avoid the achievement slash failure mindset, that mm-hmm. black and white mindset that we always talk about. When we're going too quickly, that's when we're more likely to derail, mm-hmm. right? Because we're, we're in that overwhelmed state. And we're going to be much more likely to just say, okay, screw it. I quit. I already screwed up. I failed. Mm -hmm. I quit, right? If you're slowing down, then you understand if you make a little bit of a mistake or you pause for a little while or you deviate a little bit. No, we're going to get curious about that. We're going to get back on the horse. And by doing that, we're building grit, that grit muscle. We're building self-awareness about what works for us and what doesn't. And we're building new habits, right? So, you know, staying out of that, okay, I achieved the goal or I totally failed again. Here Mm -hmm. I am failing just like I knew I would, Yeah. right? So it's really avoiding that and understanding that, you know, the alternative of quitting, it just totally undermines our confidence and our ability to achieve anything. And it makes us less likely and less willing to ever try again. Right. We're going to be, our ego is going to want to protect us. So we're not going to want to try anything again. So 
staying in the game is really important at whatever pace you can handle or being okay about, you know, we joke about being a good quitter. And mm-hmm. what does that mean? It just means being willing to take a break from something for a little while, but knowing that it's just kind of hitting the pause button. Yep. You know, that I just need to kind of settle out here a little bit, but I'm not quitting. You know, I'm not being in that black and white place. That is not, that's kind of toxic it for is. our relationship with ourselves. So, Absolutely. so staying out of that place. And that also kind of feeds into like how I see people approach this. Like, I think sometimes people think that, um, the shortest distance between two lines is always linear, mm-hmm. but it's not, it's not always linear. Ever. Sometimes, well, I would say ever, ever, right? Because the linear is like, mm-hmm. Hey, this is going to go perfectly smoothly according to plan. And I've hardly, if ever, never, ever seen that. For real. If that makes any sense. Um, and I think that's just an important thing to realize is that the shortest distance between two lines is not always linear. So it's going to look squiggly. And that if we keep on trying to approach it from the linear approach, we're going to have to keep on going back to the beginning. And that's what I see a lot in what I would call yo-yo dieting or somebody, you know, continuously trying something and then quit like quitting or just Mm -hmm. the all or nothing mentality. So to expect that there's going to be struggle and that sometimes taking a few steps back actually means getting to where you want to go faster in the long run. That's really the stuff that we're talking about right now is helping you be prepared to be successful, to do the work. You know, we're trying to kind of offload some baggage here and set you up for success. And if you know going in that there is going to be friction, that it's not going to be linear, that it's going to take longer than you think it will, just like any other project in our life. And if you know that going in, you're less likely to get panicky if you do deviate or make a mistake or whatever, you know, and I I think of, you know, we talk about the hero's journey, like Star Wars or whatever, that there's always conflict, Mm -hmm. you know, along the path to achieving great things. And that's how we really dig deep and figure out, you know, what we're capable of and how, you know, we just don't acknowledge how strong we are. And we think at the first sign of something feeling hard that we can't do it, Mm. you know, and no, you can do it. You can totally slow down, make it feel less hard. Mm -hmm. You can experiment with other ways of doing it. You know, that's where any one size fits all plan is a red flag for me. Yeah, me too. You know, if somebody were to hand me a meal plan and say, this is what you need to eat for 30 days. Maybe I don't like half that food. Maybe I'm hungry at a different time of day. And then if I eat, I'm going to feel like I failed Mm -hmm. because somebody's handed this thing that should work. Mm -hmm. Right? So that's Mm -hmm. where slowing down, getting curious about what works for you and what doesn't. And how how do you know what doesn't work for you? Because you try something and it didn't work. Absolutely. That's how you learn. That is how you learn. That's how a kid learns. That's how we, that's how all of us learn. But we view that as, you know, some terrible meaning about ourselves. Yeah. Right. And that, that's not helpful It isn't. at all. And again, the alternative of quitting, you know, that, that may feel good in the moment, but it, it's not going to lift you up and help you live your best life. Right. You know, and dig deep and it's not about your body. Right. And so, and there's, we have a last step for this, but we'll probably, we're going to go ahead and cover that in our next 
part three, um, just to wrap up this section for the time being. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that last step. And then we're going to also go into um, the just rest putting of it all together, yeah, wrapping all of this together and kind of integrating it to help you, you know, wrap your brain around all of the information that we've given Put this you. into action. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, this next step is to think about the importance of surrounding yourself with people who are positive, they're creative, they're solution seekers in their life mm-hmm. versus, you know, a lot of folks maybe who are in a place of, you know, embracing their limitations, right? And feeling negative and and that kind of thing. So the social aspect of this is powerful. And I think we all intuitively know that, but we want to go in depth in that um, in our next episode. So hopefully this will give you folks, you know, some really good food for thought that first of all, you're not unique. Mm -hmm. You know, if you, if you have self-limiting beliefs, I would say that that's pretty much all of us. Yeah. Whether we talk, I think, again, we, this is not something that people talk about. And mm-hmm. I think that's why it was so important for us to talk about it with you mm-hmm. because yeah. And with all, each other. And with each other. we do. Yeah. Because this is yeah. something we all struggle with, mm-hmm. um, on both a conscious and subconscious level. Yes. Um, yeah. It's getting all of this stuff out into the light and knowing that there is, there are workarounds that you absolutely can reframe these negative beliefs and start to build to replace them, Yeah, you know, and take small actions. That's what builds confidence. And then it allows you to take bigger actions and keep propelling your life forward in a way that feels really fun. Yeah. You know, and it's really cool to like, I mean, even looking back on my own self-limiting beliefs, I still have a bunch for sure to work through, but the ones that I've been able to work through, it's kind of awesome to be in a moment where you're just like appreciative of the work Mm -hmm. you've done where I used to be you know self-conscious of how I was when I was sitting in a chair Mm -hmm. you know and now I don't even think about it like I you know I'm not it's just my perspective on life is completely different right right and so we're all we're always going to have stuff it's again we're never going to get to a place where oh look at me I've evolved right I've arrived yeah I've arrived no I don't (laughs) think Anyone, I don't know. Wait, you haven't arrived yet? Yeah. Well, I've arrived somewhere, but (laughs) yeah, it's, I'm still in the loop-de-loop for sure. But it's just so helpful, I think, for us all to talk about this out loud with one another and lift each other up and stop shaming yourself. If you notice stuff in your social media feed that is triggering, doesn't make you feel good, makes you feel like you don't have friends, you know, whatever it is, curate that social media feed. Like stat, that is really, really important. And start getting back on your own team. You know, you are a great person and you deserve to feel at peace, you know, in your own skin. Yes. And your choices do not define you. You are fresh in every moment. You get to decide moving forward how you want to show up in the world. Yep. And that's a beautiful thing. So. Thanks for tuning in and we'll look forward to talking to everybody next week. As always, if you have questions or ideas for future podcast episodes, please share those on our Facebook page. Awesome. We'll talk to you guys next week.